Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey, How to Survive Your Grief. Today we're going to talk about grieving. It's one of the most important parts of the grieving process, yet the one often ignored. This might surprise you, but it's also the most difficult part to recognize. Grieving is a lot more than feeling sad or crying. It comes in many forms and at a variety of places in our healing journey, including sneak attacks. I've come to view grieving as the piece that is most often missing. Many reasons contribute to this, but I can sum them up in a word, pain. It's normal that we don't want to feel pain, which is why we go to great lengths to avoid it. That's natural. In fact, God's the one who made us that way. He created us with tender hearts that hurt when bad things happen. So if you're one who avoids grieving, welcome to the club. The problem with that strategy is the pain stays locked inside us and we never finish healing. It's the wrong strategy for anyone who wants to be free from their wounds. Let's go back to the beginning. Our approach to grieving was likely established when we were very young. Our beliefs about grieving came from the responses we received from the adults in our life. When children go through the normal things that hurt their heart, say losing a pet or grandparent or moving away from friends or changing schools, they have strong feelings of sadness and grief. Their hearts are tender and it doesn't take much to make them hurt. If a child hears things like this, their beliefs will go one way. Crying won't bring them back so stop crying. You just need to get over this. Enough is enough. I'm tired of seeing you mope around here. Stop crying or I'll give you something to really cry about. Get a grip, kid. This is life. And of course, there are many variations on these examples. But my point is this. If we were not validated in our suffering and allowed to fully express our grief feelings, we may have chosen to shut the feelings down. This is a generational problem. Parents are simply reflecting what they were told, how their parents or other adults responded to them. There is no help looking for someone to blame. If things are going to change, they need to change with us. And it starts with being comfortable with the subject of grief and the feelings that go with it. I was the typical child who was not allowed to grieve. My dad was a violent alcoholic, so my childhood environment was one of trying to be invisible and avoid further pain. It was unthinkable to me that I'd ever go to my father for any type of comfort or consolation. Mom was little help because she was ill and lived in a hospital bed for much of my growing up years. And I was appointed everyone's caretaker. Therefore, there was no place to go. And my hurts were far beyond a dead pet. I have an extensive background with incest, sexual abuse, ritual abuse, and the like. 
How was I going to survive in that environment? Well, I did what all kids do so they can survive. I compartmentalized the pain. Did I erase the pain? No. Did I lessen the pain? No. I simply locked it away where it remained perfectly preserved for 35 years until God led me into my own healing journey where I could safely begin to deal with all the loss. It's ironic I'm related to Alfred Lord Tennyson, the man who coined the phrase, time heals all wounds. That's a lie. Time heals nothing. You get the right circumstances and you're right back, smack dab in the middle of your pain again. A scent, a sound, a photo, hearing a voice, seeing something or someone again. That's all it takes. And your pain will blow that locked door open in a nanosecond. I call those sneak attacks. You're not thinking about the pain or the loss, but something happens and suddenly it's back without your permission. When I was in my 30s, God even gave me a visual of my decision to lock away my pain. He showed me a prison cell. It was clean, white, and empty, except for a sad little girl sitting on the floor. It didn't even have a door. God told me, that's you, Cindy. You went in there many years ago, and you never came out. Shortly after God showed me this visual picture of me and my grief, I asked Jesus to come and help me leave my self-imposed prison. He did. Jesus came and made a door where there hadn't been one before, and I took his hand and we left together. He sealed the door, and I've never been back. That acceptance of God's invitation to come out of hiding signaled the beginning of my healing and feeling grief. All of the pain from my past came tumbling out, and Jesus and I began dealing with one event after another until I finally got to the end of my garbage piles. The whole thing took about nine years, but it was finally finished, and I was healed. Fortunately, not all kids are given those unhelpful, disrespectful messages. Some parents and adults do a great job comforting children and supporting them through their grief. They say things like this, I'm so sorry your heart hurts today. Tell me what you miss about dot, dot, dot. Would you like me to hold you? I know it's painful for you to go through this. How are you feeling today? These responses foster respect of our heart and our feelings. They encourage healing. They teach children to value their feelings. And guess what? These statements and questions are a great response to adults who are grieving too. How are you feeling today? Tell me about what you miss, dot, dot, dot. If you're interested, I also have a podcast, Helping Hurting People and Several Others on Grieving. But let's come back to the present. Because we are no longer children, we are adults. And we likely have grief inside us about something. So what do we do? You probably need to begin in your head. Because if you're struggling to get to the grieving piece of healing... Your thoughts are likely 
blocking the process. Let me explain the role of grieving. When we experience a painful event, it causes our heart to feel pain. There are no exceptions to this. If someone is not feeling pain in the midst of a typically painful event, it means they are numb. Their feelings are locked away, like mine were, as I described earlier. So we may or may not feel the pain. Nevertheless, the pain is always there. We're made in the image of God. God has feelings, feelings that get hurt when he experiences difficult circumstances. He grieved when he saw how evil mankind had become when he called Noah to build the ark. He grieved when the Israelites built a golden calf to replace him as their new God. He grieved when his children rejected him in the promised land. He grieved when the people turned his temple into a marketplace for thieves. When dreams are evaporating or trust is destroyed or relationships are broken or loved ones lost or hopes shattered, painful wounds are left behind. Those wounds need to be healed, not ignored. How does it work to leave a physical wound untended? What if we were to break our leg and never see a doctor have it set and cast? Would it ever be able to heal properly? Not a chance. It would never be right again, and we would limp forever. That's what happens when we don't grieve our losses. We don't heal properly. We limp through the rest of our life. And if you're like most people, you've had many painful events in your life. If none of them ever have the chance to heal, we become a mental, spiritual an emotional invalid. We cannot go forward as a strong, free, and healthy adult. We become a hot mess. After my healing, I knew the value and importance of grieving. So when I experienced new ways of grief, I knew I had to stay current with my grief and not go back to the way I used to live. And I've had plenty of practice. I've lost a number of loved ones to suicide, including my stepdaughter at 19, my grandson at 16, and my father. So these things I share are not just theories for me. I've had to live them. Grieving is healing. It's a necessary and essential part of our healing process. We cannot skip this step if we want to finish our healing. The pain has to come out of us or it remains forever locked inside us. Think of a bathtub. Every time we go through a painful circumstance, the faucet comes on, filling the tub with water. If the tub is never drained, it is only a matter of time before it begins to overflow and make a big mess. To avoid that, The tub needs to be drained. Grieving is draining the tub. If we're going to allow grieving to be part of our healing, the first thing we need to do is pray and ask God to start the process. We don't want to do this without his help. Isaiah 61 verse 1 in the NIV says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release 
from darkness for the prisoners. We need God in this process. He's the one who heals the brokenhearted. Then our mind needs to be in an honest place. Self-deceit is rampant in matters of grief. Here are common lies. I can handle it. I don't need help. Crying and being sad isn't helpful. I just need to give it some time. Best thing I can do is keep myself distracted and busy. That last one is a grief killer for sure. It's common to self-medicate when we're grieving. Self-medicating won't help grief at all. And most forms will interfere and make things worse. Taking drugs, drinking, or eating our feelings away will bring more trouble and pain to our life, not less. Prescription drugs may have a temporary role that's helpful, but they will not heal us or help us grieve. And if we rely on them long term, they will interfere with healing. Things like taking lots of vacations or exercising too much or pouring ourselves into our work won't help one iota either. They are just temporary distractions. We've got to stop being afraid of our grief. I know it feels like it will kill us, but truly, it won't. We must believe that grieving is necessary and leads to healing. If our goal is to emerge healthy and whole, we have to grieve. So pray, be in a truthful place mentally, then learn to recognize your grief. This might surprise you. But sadness isn't the only indicator that you have grief feelings trying to come up. Here are other indicators. Feeling angry or impatient, irritated. Anger is a big sign of grief. Loss of energy. Feeling distracted, struggling to focus. Having depression-like or heavy feelings. Grief and depression are two different things. A change in eating or sleeping patterns. Numbness, apathy, not caring. Sadness and tears, yes, they are part of it. Strong urges to self-medicate, as I said. Food, drugs, sex, alcohol, busyness, spending, etc. As I said, grief can be sneaky. I've had so many conversations with people who asked me what was wrong with them because they were feeling off and couldn't figure out why. And invariably when I asked, is it possible you are grieving? They immediately choked up with tears. They were gripped with grief and didn't know it. Grief is like an alien living in your body. It's a foreign entity that invades your whole being, your heart, mind, body, and soul. It impacts your being at the cellular level, wreaking havoc, taking control, bringing unwanted changes. The alien calls the shots and you don't get to be in control anymore. But it does no good to deny the alien. He's there. Accept it. If you know what you're grieving, you know what's causing it, it can be helpful to name the deep feelings under the grief. Is it betrayal, rejection, abandonment, neglect, shame, guilt, disappointment, or a broken heart? What is the wound this loss caused? 
Is it not the same? It is not the same for every grief situation. So find the specific painful feelings you are experiencing and then make a list of what you've lost. Many people find it helpful to write a letter to the person they've lost, if that applies, or to whomever it might be helpful to express our loss. It can be very validating to actually write the words and name the pain and the loss. There are lots of other things we can do to assist in grieving or to help drain the bathtub. One very important thing is to do something I call creating white space. We need deliberate times and spaces in our life where we are not busy or occupied. Grieving takes a ton of energy, which is why we feel tired all the time when we're grieving. So we need downtime. Meditating, reading scripture, praying are good to do. Taking walks. Jeremiah 6.18 in the NIV says, You who are my comforter in sorrow, my heart is faint within me. Jesus is our comforter in sorrow. Be with him and let him comfort you. It might help to draw our grief out if we watch sad movies or look at old photos or listen to certain kinds of music. Remember, if we're actively allowing our season of grief, then it is a temporary season. It will not last forever. It may seem like it at the time, but it will eventually wind down. It's a mistake to think that acknowledging and honoring our grief makes it worse or makes it last longer. The opposite is true. Ignoring our grief is the worst thing we can do. Don't avoid your pain. That's what makes us sick and keeps us sick. For those of you who grieve easily and grieve well, who are not afraid of your tears and expressing your sadness, I applaud you. You are doing the right thing to move forward toward wholeness. Unfortunately, you can't force grief. You can't make it happen on cue. You can only cooperate with it when it shows up. So when it does, Learn to recognize it and acknowledge it. If you're not sure, just ask yourself, am I grieving? If so, the alien inside you will likely answer, maybe even bring some tears to the surface. Grieving takes time. We're not in control when it comes to our grief, which is one reason why grieving makes us crazy. But if you will accept that necessary reality, you'll do much better. Good things happen in the process of healing, so don't let bitterness take root. God will work good in your grief. He's on your side. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today.